0: I, uh, I do have the honor of chairing the Natural Resources Committee, which, uh, which is really, I, I guess, in a way kind of interesting, because when I was first elected in my first term, I served on the Natural Resources Committee, and then the next 12 years, uh, I served on the Rules Committee, although my responsibility on the Rules Committee largely was dealing with issues that came out of the Natural Resources Committee, so I kind of kept a finger in what was going on, and I also kept my seniority on the the Natural Resources Committee. So uh, two years ago when uh, Don Young uh, was having some uh, issues and he decided not to seek the ranking member slot, it obviously opened it up and my seniority was such that I said, you know, I think I have an interest in that and my colleagues. uh, I thanked them very much. Said uh, you will be uh, the right guy for the ranking member, and lo and behold, after the election of 2012, here I am, the chairman. So I have served a grand total of three terms on this committee, and now I'm the chairman. That's. Uh, I have some of my colleagues say we're trying, you know, we're trying to, try to replicate the way that you know you move up very quickly uh, in hierarchy. Well, at any rate, uh, the the. The, I wanted to serve on the Natural Resources Committee for a number of reasons when I was first elected, not the least of which is the jurisdiction of that committee has, uh, uh, has broad jurisdiction over all of our public lands, and where I live, that, that public lands is largely uh, agriculture, national forests, national parks, and so forth. But it also, as you know, has jurisdiction over the uh, OCS, uh, and because it has jurisdiction over the OCS. Uh, has jurisdiction over activities on the OCS and that principal activity going on now and in the future in my view is energy related so uh, this uh, this uh, it, you know looked like a, a great challenge and I look forward to uh, working with all of you that are associated with those industries we listen there's no question about it we have some tremendous challenges in this country. Everybody knows about the fiscal health in, in our, our country, and, and I firmly believe that uh, we as Republicans are going to deal with that. That means we're gonna deal with the issues of entitlements, because if we don't do this, America as we know it is simply not gonna be there for our kids and grandkids. We all know that, and I think that uh, uh, Chairman Paul Ryan, another Wisconsin Knight, is going to take the lead on that, and I think that is a very positive step. It's gonna be a challenge. I'm not gonna say it's easy. So I just wanted to set that aside uh, to say that uh, those of us that are in leadership now are, are certainly going to try to do what we think is right to, for the country long term. With that in mind, uh, we need to look then at our energy sources and how we are dealing with uh, energy in this country. Uh, we, as Republicans in the minority, developed an all-of-the-above energy plan. We, I, I personally believe that I, that we should have uh, whatever energy source that we could possibly have our port Portfolio should be as diverse as it can possibly be, because I think it's in the best interest uh, of us to have that those options. Always recognizing, always recognizing that ultimately the market will make a decision which energy source is going to be the one that uh, prevails, but we should embrace all of those that we that we possibly can. So to that extent, it to me is absolutely foolish, as a policy specifically specifically of this administration to ignore. Uh, broadly, fossil fuels, coal, natural gas, uh, and oil. It doesn't make any sense because the abundance of those around the world is so, so huge, and technology seems to get better all the time to uh, discover it and to use it. And so it seems to me it's in our best interest to have as diverse a, por- a portfolio, but do not ignore what we have such a great abundance of, and that's uh, fossil fuels uh, in this country. And to that end, and why this committee, I think, is very important in the long term is that I'm not going to say all of the uh, reserves in the future are on public lands, but a great deal of them are on public lands. And so this committee has the uh, jurisdiction on that, and we are going to be as aggressive as we possibly can uh, to try to promote that idea. But this administration, by its actions—and let me, let me say this. This is, a, uh, this is something that I have observed virtually from day one since we took a uh, majority— Uh, Actually, uh, I I I should say that when uh, President Obama was elected and his administration took uh, took office, and I don't say this lightly, uh, but I have I have said it a number of times: actions speak louder than words. As as this president talks about energy, and I dare say that when he says something, his actions are 180 degrees different. I'm not saying. 90 degrees or 35 degrees or, or 45 degrees, I'm saying 180 degrees difference. And probably the one case in point that is more, uh, that, that brings the point home more than anything else was his uh, widely acclaimed uh, article in the Wall Street Journal about a month ago talking about deregulation so that we can uh, you know, try to promote business uh, in this country. In other words, that's how the entrepreneurs go by reducing regulations. But what he didn't say, obviously, in the article, is one or two days before that, he suspended a permit, a mining permit, that was in place in West Virginia on mining, only two days before that. Now, it just boggles the mind, so you, st- you start looking at those sort of things, uh, and I, I, like I say, I don't say it lightly, but I, I dare say on every case, he's 180 degrees difference on what he says and what his actions are. So consider what, uh, what this president has done just since he has taken office. They have withdrawn oil and natural gas leases in the Intermountain West. That was in uh, something like March of 2009. They've withdrawn oil shell leases in Colorado. They have imposed a de facto moratorium on on the Gulf, although just this week they let the first deep water uh, uh, permit go through. They have placed huge portions over the OCS uh, offshore and they've locked up millions of acres of all types of energy production, including renewables on public lands. Now, that's just what they've done already. This is not what some of the proposals that they are are trying to do, because what they're trying to do now is to impose restrictions on hydraulic fracturing uh, on public lands. That has, as you know, that has been typically a, a practice that has been regulated by the states for well over 50 years, and here they are going to focus in only uh, on public lands. That process uh, is in order. But it is not only, it is not only subjected to, to just uh, uh, oil and gas regulations, the new regulations that they're trying to promote on mining regulations, they admit in their own their own figures, uh, would lay off thousands of, or cost thousands of people and, and halt production, mining production in 22 states. These are just proposals that they're, they're trying to promulgate uh, right now. But they're not stopping there. They have an oceans policy where they developed a, a top-down ocean policy of spatial planning in the oceans, and I'll tell you, this can go far, far beyond the oceans, because when, when I was first elected in 94, there was an issue in the northwest, principally in the northwest, called ice bump, and I, I'm sorry, I do not know what the acronym stans, stands for, but it is regulation of waters in the western part of the United States. It was supposed to be a wonderful thing take an inventory. And all of a sudden, some of those that were affected found out how it would affect their their, uh, uh, planning because you're dealing with the source of water. The source of water in the western part of the United States is very, very important. So when you look at what the president is trying to do with spatial planning in the ocean, it is all waters leading into the ocean. Now, just think about that. If you are developing a policy on ocean planning and regulating that and everything that rolls into the ocean, you are talking about virtually every river that comes from the United States into the ocean, potentially being regulated by this planning. What would that do? I mean, I can under I, listen. I know what it could do to my area with the Columbia River and the Snake River, but can you imagine what it would do with the Mississippi River and the Ohio River, right through the heart of our country, with this potential? And that's the way that this uh, these regulations are potentially planned. Of course, they say no, never happen well uh, y- y- all of you that deal with regulations uh, it's the unintended consequences that lead to all the bad uh, the bad issues and that's where uh, they potentially could go uh, uh, on uh, on this so so it's not only focused on energy it is very very broad but let's get back to energy and let's go back a little bit uh, in time if you remember in 2008 when gas prices spiked up over $4 a gallon and by the way we all know that Ultimately, 2008 was a lousy year for Republicans. We don't have to say that you know, in, in this group, my God. Uh, you know, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like 2006 particularly. I sure didn't like 2008. <laughs> but even then, if you recall, when we broke after July and gas prices were spiking, a few of my colleagues you know, started uh, going to the floor, even though the, caucus, the Congress was out, And we got a great deal of publicity because we were talking about let's stay there and address the energy issues. And so we were on the floor with no cameras and yet that became the news. And at the end of the day, if you recall, the American people said, wow, $4 a gallon of gasoline, what are we gonna do about it? And then we found out, the American people found out we had these tremendous amount of reserves, not only uh, on the OCS in Alaska and the Intermountain West, but they were asking why aren't we drilling? And that's where that drill, baby, drill uh, idea came in, which I still embrace. As I might add. Uh, so even though, even though 2008 <laughs> from a political standpoint was a lousy year, from a policy standpoint, the American people woke up to the idea that uh, we need to utilize the resources that we have right now. So in August 2008, the president lifted uh, his uh, moratorium, uh, which the executive moratorium that President uh, that Bush one had put into place, and at the end of the year. At the end of the year 2008, uh, Congress ended their moratorium, and so essentially at the end of 2008, there is no moratorium at all, or moratorium I should say at all, on any place uh, on the OCS. So uh, in theory, in theory then, anybody that wanted to go, go out, whether on the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, if they thought there was oil and gas, they would be uh, subjected to being able to have a lease to make that uh, exp- expiration. So we come into the president's uh, term, and the president made a big announcement, and I forget the exact date, but he says, we are going to open up areas, uh, you know, for exploration. At the same time, he closed down all of the Pacific Coast. He closed down part of uh, uh, Alaska explorations, and he closed down the eastern Gulf shore, and he closed down everything uh, in, uh, on the Atlantic except some lands off Virginia. Now that was his opening up. It, it was just that's the 180 degree difference that I'm telling you about, because it's exactly opposite of what he said. So we are essentially back to 2008 areas where we don't, where we have a moratorium, except it's only the executive executive moratorium right now, and not anything congressional. So uh, uh, so that's that's part of the action speaks uh, louder than words. And I think that uh, what we are going to do on the, the committee is that we are going to uh, really probe into this. Uh, by the way, it starts today. Secretary Salazar is coming uh, in front of my committee on the budget issues. Obviously, uh, we might have an interest in other things other than dollars and cents. Uh, but we're going—we're certainly going to talk about uh, about uh, his policies uh, in that regard. So here we are now. Uh, gasoline prices are starting to rise again. Uh, the unrest in the Middle East is something that nobody uh, in, in their right mind could, could uh, predict with any certainty at all except one thing. The unrest in the Middle East is going to cause the price of energy to go up, and there's no question about that. And what does that do to our economy when we're trying to uh, – our economy is trying to recover energy being such an integral part of it? It will probably in all likelihood slow it down. So what, is the, what are the solutions? The solutions are obvious. The solutions are to utilize the resources we have in this country. But I dare say uh, that uh, I doubt if, uh, that uh, after this election the president woke up and when he looked at all the committee chairmen, he says, gee, I see Doc Hastings is now the chairman of this committee and he has jurisdiction on public lands. I doubt that he had an epiphany. He said, you know, I think that we ought to open up all these lands because I know he's going to talk about that. No, I don't think that's gonna happen. We're probably election away, frankly, from that being, that <laughs> happening, but I'll tell you this. We are going to talk about that uh, uh, all the time. We are, we are, we are, we are going to uh, expose uh, all of the, what I say, the 180 degree differences on a regular basis. Uh, you can get that, by the way, if you go to our website. Uh, I can't tell the media to pick it all up, but it's gonna be exposed, and we'll, we'll uh, to all of you that are involved in those, uh, industries, if you want to plagiarize that, go right ahead, be my guest, it's public policy. So that's kind of where we are, uh, uh, and I think the best thing that we that we could be doing is utilize this. And, and, I, and I have been telling those in the industry, by the way, and I think all Americans should be talking about this, uh, while it's important to our economy, and nobody can argue about that, I mean, we have a very robust economy, and we've got to get goods and, uh, you know, products to, uh, to markets, and, and that takes energy, and we have to develop, I and mean, all of it, we all know all of that. But I think this becomes uh, a a national security issue more and more when you look at what's happening in the Middle East. Uh, I remember the gas lines in the 70s uh, when OPEC turned off the spigot. And OPEC still controls about 45 percent of the world market. And let's face it, oil is a a worldwide commodity and it's going to go someplace. It's going to go wherever the market is. But if OPEC decides to uh, turn off the spigot, or something causes that, I mean, worst case. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But we know the unrest right now in Libya, nobody knows what that's going to happen. But what, happens that, what, hap- what happens if that happens in Saudi Arabia? You know where, uh, and there, you know that uh, that regime is probably. Uh, more tyrannical than some of the other ones out there. But what happens if that spreads throughout the Middle East where all of those resources are? What does that do to us when we're not utilizing and it takes time for us to, to build up uh, 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 you know, uh, our infrastructure so we can produce our own energy? Uh, so that's why we need to do it as quickly as possible and I think the American people, my guess is this, and I've been saying this now for the last month, to the extent that gas prices rise, and, and all the experts tell me it's going to rise, if for no other reason you get into the tourist season, it already, always rises because the demand is higher, but right now it's rising at a time, uh, the experts tell me, because it's uh, uh, simply because of the uncertainty of the market. Now you start adding uh, more demand to that and the uncertainty of the market, uh, the probability that we get to four or maybe even five dollars a gallon gasoline is probably real. That in a way in a in a in a bad way that is probably good because american people will demand action of their government and uh you know to the extent that we can be ahead of that saying we need to be as, um, as energy independent as we possibly can be i think that's good that's an opportunity that we need to take advantage of and i can tell you from the standpoint of my responsibility on this committee that's what we're going to talk about there's not a Hardly a press release that we don't send out in some way that makes reference to national security issues. And I think the American people uh, instinctively understand that. That's one of the things I think that makes uh, America a bit exceptional is they, they understand that we need to make sure that we maintain what we have and that makes our country what it is. So uh, there's a lot of challenges, and again, I'm not uh, under any illusions that uh, this president is going to change his mind or this administration is going to change his mind. Uh, but. We certainly look forward to having the administration up in front of us to explain why they're doing those things, and to the extent they're way off base, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about it over and over.